Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs. With me, Tove Handel. And me, Linnea Bivall. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. Every episode, we will speak to thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practice within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Welcome to another episode of How We Hire, the podcast where we discuss all things hiring with some of the top HR and talent acquisition minds. I'm your host, Tove, Events and Community Manager at Alva Labs. And I'm also your host. And my name is Linnea. I'm a licensed psychologist and head of people at Alva. And our guest today is Leo Esmendola. Leo has extensive and broad experience within talent acquisition and people growth, handling all kinds of intricate people questions and organizations across Europe, South Pacific, as well as the Americas. He's also an agile coach and an avid believer in a people-first approach. Welcome to How We Hire, Leo. Oh, hi, everyone. It's nice to, have, nice to see you. Today, we're going to focus quite a lot on ageism as a topic. And before we even start talking about this topic, Leo, would you mind defining this a little bit for us? Yeah, I think it's a very first a good start, right? So like I would define ageism as any form of prejudice that's regarding of age one solves inside the workplace or in life in general. So to me, on the basic words, ageism is that regardless of how old or young you think you are, that doesn't matter. And how come this is such an interesting topic to you or something that you're very um, yeah, passionate about, I guess I should say? Mm, that's a great question. I'll talk maybe from a personal perspective and then from a professional perspective. Mm. So from a personal perspective, I have been told multiple times in my career that I was either too young or too old for certain roles. Mm. And the context has been, you know, I've been into global headquarters and into startups. So things were quite different. So that played roles. Mm. And then in a professional sense, you know, most recently I was working for InsureTech, that is quite young in age. So the average age of the company is probably 25, which is really young. And I was their talent manager. So basically what I was doing is to recruit and develop people. So ageism is something really important right now into the business society when we do have 21-year-olds that learn how to code by themselves. But we also have 45-year-olds who are getting money doing podcasts or just creating learning curriculum online. So it's something that I think it's quite exciting from a personal way, but also from a professional way. Mm -hmm. Linnea, what's your take on ageism? Because this is something that you discuss quite a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, I like the approach of the, the personal perspective and, and the professional one. If I then start with the professional one, I mean, we know that if we have a diverse workforce, we will get different ideas, different opinions, and that will help us create more ideas and better products and solutions. So we know that it's good to have a larger spread than a lot of companies have. I mean, that's the first thing. And also that it, it is a problem in the market today. A lot of candidates, especially that are too old, won't be of interest to recruiters. But then we also have the, the catch-22 of you need to have 20,000 years of experience, but no one is willing to give you that first job to get the experience. Mm -hmm. And then from like a personal perspective, I struggled a lot with, with this because when I started working, I worked uh, both with recruitment, but also with like leadership development. So I used to spend a lot of time like in the classroom training leaders on how to be good leaders. And I was what, like 27 and they were like 
45 or 55, often men, and I had to come in and tell them how to do things differently to be more successful. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people not trusting me, especially because I was way too young, because it was really difficult for me to showcase that I actually had something to give. And the only thing I could dangle in front of them was my title of being a psychologist. And that sometimes helped, but often wasn't enough. So I think I have struggled a lot being too young. And now I'm in that sweet spot where I'm still almost young, but still have some experience. But soon I will be too old. So then I'll battle it again. Okay, so Leo, we know that this is a problem that is creating difficulties both for organizations and Mm. for for candidates. Mm. Like, Why do you think this comes about? Like, why is this a factor that we need to discuss? If we look at it live, We know that the way that we do business, that we relate to each other, the way that we communicate is changing faster and faster and faster. Mm. So certainly there is something called Be Real, which the kids think that that's the social media for the future or a video platform for the future, but not a social media for the future. Mm. And that creates changes on consumer behavior that should create changes in how do you do product development. How yeah. do you do growth marketing? How do you do organization development, right? Yeah, yeah. That change is sort of uh, really fast and we can't really predict it. So there's going to be loads of other new things coming up. So ageism is just one perspective. But mm. why I think ageism is a really important one, it's the connection of work matters. Mm. Like we can't fight it because yeah. we need to pay our bills. And I know that we can talk about mental health. I know that we can talk about the diversity elements and we can talk about career development, which is something that Alva is really great at. But at the end of the day, we all have to pay our bills and we all you know, yeah. decide how to do that. So yeah. ageism plays a role that my dad, who is now 63, he's a retired man. Mm-hmm. He just messaged me saying that he wants to begin a podcast, talk about politics. Love it. That's something that we would never think that it's okay. And maybe for us, it's like, but he's 63 and he's retired. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, but isn't that great that he's so passionate yeah. of sharing what he believes in? And then at the same time, I have a younger cousin who is 19, who doesn't want to go to school, mm. who doesn't really know what to do, but is really, really passionate about selling things on Etsy on their e-shopping platform and so on because they really like to knit. And in the end of the day, when we are hiring, when I know that soon Q4 will begin and we're all going to go crazy with our hiring goals, we're not only competing within the big techs and the startups and the scale-ups and the consultants and the banks. We are competing with individual people that, like me, would wonder, Mm. why Mm. do I really need to put all of my money and effort into 40 hours at work? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like from the company perspective, why this is a problem is, I guess it boils down to stereotypes that you associate traits. And I think it's a great example with your, with your father. If you're 63, you can't start a podcast because then you're supposed to be a grumpy old man yelling at the birds. So we have this like stereotypes of how people work and that kind of hinders us from seeing the full potential that someone can actually have for a position, right? If we boil the ageism into hiring, if we think about it, it's like when someone decides to ask to be a director or to be an individual contributor or to Mm. work four days a week, instead of like, nah, 
we should find our ways and our tools into making sure that we can have a fair assessment and we can actually enable them to reflect yeah. and to have an authentic answering to that question, right? Like why title doesn't matter to you? Mm. Why is it because you want to change industry? Is it because you just want a new gig? Is it because you need to pay your bills? And what I'm doing here is going to compete with that, both from a right. perspective and from a business yeah. perspective. It sounds like we need to be more open about the candidates we're competing with more than just other companies. We're competing with passion of the individual, but also that we need to then assess candidates in a way that where everyone has room to be themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the be real approach. It's something that I've mm. been, I went for a coffee this morning and I was thinking about something that a recruiter told me yesterday evening. You know, that recruiter was really stressed and tired to finish their Q3 hiring goals for engineering, right? right? Yeah. I guess it's a reality for most of us. <laughs> she was so tired yeah. and she was so honest. And she was like, it doesn't matter if you're B2B, B2C, where you are in your business. Yeah. At the end of the day, it matters if we're being human to human, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, of course, structure-based interviewing matters. But in mm. the end of the day, the world is changing so fast. So yeah. it's way more important for us to then go through a competence assessment into, you know, mm. hiring for potential, hiring mm. for growth, hiring for fuck-ups, hiring for <laughs> networkers, instead of, do you have five years of experience drinking water? Because drinking <laughs> water, which is any requirements that you all there think it's important, doesn't matter <laughs> because the world will change fast with a new trend that is coming up next week yeah. when Rihanna launches a new song. Beyonce decides to stop doing music or whatever is happening to the world. So it's really hard to nail down what's going to be important now because we have no idea what's coming next. Do you also think that there's, a, and I'm asking this question to both of you, I guess, the reason ageism is such an easy topic to discuss is that also because we can all relate to it because other forms of isms, right? If you're born a certain way, you're going to be exposed to certain parts of the isms mm. but ageism is something we can't avoid none of us can avoid it so yeah. is that also why this is a topic that people are discussing so much because we kind of realize our own vulnerability in that if we as three mm. semi-young people sit here and discuss it now we all know that in 30 years we're gonna be those 60 plus year olds that people are questioning if they should start a podcast or not is that also part of why this is such a hot topic right now you mm. think yeah i think this is a great hypothesis i'm like mm. <laughs> light bulb i think it makes sense because it's to some extent it's a more neutral area than a lot of the other like discriminating factors that are happening in the workplace in the hiring processes because we have all been too young and we will all be too old unless we actually view talent differently and i think to some extent that is happening but there's still a long way to go so it's we're all going to be yeah victims to ageism in some way. It is something with the future, right? So like mm. we had no idea two and a half years ago that a pandemic would disrupt right. our society just like drastically. <gasps> we just don't know what's going to hit us. And then ageism plays a more role because we want to belong. In your mind, based on like how you have done things in the past and how you have seen other coworkers done things, what can a company, a recruiter, a hiring manager do to reduce the risk of having HSM influence their hiring process? My framework starts with, does it matter? Mm. <laughs> and like it's become, it's the awareness perspective, I guess, if we're more yeah. scientific, right? So awareness comes from 
pure data. So it's mm-hmm. ensuring that we have potential hypotheses to be born. So as one would say is, as Linnea said, does it matter for our business that all of our development team is a bunch of 21-year-olds? For some business, it truly doesn't. Because for Mm. some business, they truly only have the target generations of as users. Right. For most of us, it matters. Yeah. And then if we know that it matters, then I think it's something around engagement. Mm. So my recommendations for anyone who wants to go deep this topic is drive conversations and align language with your executives. Mm. It's not like a top-down perspective. And the folks that know me know that I have a lot of issues with authority. It's about those are the decision drivers of your organization. Either you are in Sweden and you believe in flats or not. Because that's what you have achieved on your title. Mm. So it's really important that within the CPO, then the CMO, Mm. they feel comfortable like, is this okay for us to talk about it? And then it's yeah. acting, right? So essentially perspectives of making sure that you do have a psychometric assessment, that you know how to use it to avoid unconscious bias, making sure that you know how to go and attract different yes. underprivileged societies <laughs> or underrepresented groups in your yeah. workforce and actively, and that's just my opinion, push and empower change. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I we've agreed that our leaders are in their early 30s, if I need to hire a new head of product design, which a lot of us are, mm. I can decide truly if I think it's more important to compare candidates into only that field or into this field mm. and have a field onto, you know, if you are a little bit more experienced in life, maybe that's just going to give you an extra point. Do you know what I mean when you're saying? Mm. But does that make sense on your experience? Yeah, 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 yes. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I really like the part of like knowing or deciding if this is important and why. And I think what, what I would like to add is obviously like treating all candidates the same, but that's like a given for any isms we're talking about. Uh, so that goes without saying, but I still said it. But I think for me, it's also, I think there's two things that I want to add. The first one you were you touched upon it, which is employer branding. Because I mean, to be honest, like Alva, we're quite a young company going from what, like 25 to 45, which means that we are missing a big chunk of society when it comes to age. But it's also really like challenging. We're still quite a small company. It's, you know, we haven't, statistically, it would be impossible to to have representation of, of everything here. But it is a matter of looking at your employer branding. It's very likely that the pictures that we present on our career page it's only pictures of us. So obviously it's going to look like we're only young people because we are quite young, which will most likely attract younger candidates. So I think there's something around like employer branding. Mm-hmm. And then what topic that we have discussed a lot lately is like, given that we are quite a young group of people, young leaders, inexperienced leaders, we have challenged ourselves to like this year, every hire that we make should make more money than yourself. And I think it's such a like maybe dumb concept, but to me that landed really, really well. Because if I'm as like if I'm a hiring manager and I'm not comfortable with hiring someone that's more senior than myself, uh-huh. even if that is just like because I'm scared that they're going to be better, I don't want them to pay, like have more money than me. It doesn't matter. But then I'm the issue. So there's also something around like if we want to increase seniority. It doesn't have to be just like number of years, but if we want those people, we're going to have to pay up 
and they're going to be better than you. And that's great. <laughs> but we uh-huh. have to acknowledge that fact. And I think that can be hurt someone's ego sometimes, but uh, it needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a good example. If I just may add up a story yeah. that happened to me a couple of years ago recently. I mean, I was partnering with someone on a project and they were way more experienced and senior than me. And But it was the first time that they were doing that job. And it's something uh, that I've been working for 10 years. And, uh, and it was another male. And something that we were just crashing at work. And we had to be really close into mm-hmm. making sure that employer branding was something that right. we were acting upon. And then it was so interesting when a friend of mine came to me and said, but Leo, with your personality, don't you think that you maybe that person is feeling a bit scared of you because you are younger and you have more mm-hmm. experience though? And that's also a class of ageism in that perspective, right? I right. actually came to that person and I, I told them like, I'm sorry, like that's how I communicate. So sometimes, you know, <laughs> yeah. Latino, so I'm very passionate. At the same time, I'm here to help. So you can bounce yeah. ideas. So creating the safe space for even older people that may not have the experience within tech that maybe we do, but they have other business or leadership experience right. and give them the space to flourish it's mm. really hard because in the end of the day we don't have time right and i think that those conversations are really important yeah yeah i echo i very much echo that one and i think just like say it out loud can take away a lot of the shame i have a similar example where i was supposed to lead a co-worker we technically had the same role he was more experienced and honestly better than me and it was weird until we had that conversation where I could just be like, hey, I understand that this is strange. And after that, like as long as we had just said it, things worked much better. So I think there's something around that. But I also want to dive on, you just said like tech. We have been talking a lot about you know, new trends and how that impacts society and people. So when it comes to like technology and ageism, what's your view on that? Some things that come to my mind when I think about technology is I think about platform and then I think about enablements, right? Mm -hmm. In different ways. So platform to me are tools that make sure that we have infrastructure. It's what a lot of us call it awareness. Enablement, it's engagement. It's actually using them for something and learning how to. So in the first step, when I think about ageism, I do think about from your people's tech to begin with, right? So mm-hmm. depending on the solutions that you have, which solutions do they are, what is their approach with ages, right? So if you have something around learning and development or something around your ATS, do they have some sort of feature on that? And there's loads that do, loads that don't. Mm. And then when we think about the engagement perspective within technology, I think that I would say it could be a legal <laughs> thing that I think you should talk to, to some other people, folks on your teams, like, okay, we know that we have this data, right? We have beautiful reports that we show to the board. What do we yeah. do then about it from a technology perspective, right? Then, I mean, when we hire, like what can we do to make sure that we attract more diverse candidates? I don't know. What do we do then when we need to develop them? So when we do to upskill, to mm-hmm. T-shape, to um, feedback, to how to call it, like upward management, as you said, right. also Linnea, all of those things, they play huge roles that I think technology can support leaders instead of, us red like flagging things like losing our voice like coaching on the ground i think coaching on the ground mm. i can think of the sustainability of having one-on-ones i keep thinking of like my time i keep thinking of your time 
like if you need to scale a business i can't be on the ground all the time and support your leadership development Mm. or even hiring so it's like what can we automate what can we do to make sure that the, the systems and the networks of the organization actually have the culture of like Oh, you're 51. Or you just turned 50, like to be birthday. Congratulations. Like yeah. what, you know, what do you think is happening in the world right now? So if I understand you correctly, like making sure, because I mean, we're talking about two things here. We're both talking about ageism in the hiring process, like getting the people in. But we're also talking about like ageism at the workplace, meaning leveraging all the different candidates that we have, making sure that people can belong. And like technology could be a way to, ensure like fairer processes once people are in the organization maybe that's a great input as well because it's like i don't believe in running talent acquisition as your sales folks <laughs> thinking of yeah. talent management like i mm. just find it really silly if an organization has a hiring plan just because and it doesn't connect to career progression it doesn't connect right. to the business input it's like what would that developer actually support growth with Right. And if mm. you don't know, but your board wants you to grow 10 people, it's okay. But then you yeah. know that that's the case. And yeah. then coming to the ageism perspective that you mentioned, yeah, I think that the technology is things like Slack. Mm. Slack is culture because yeah. culture is relationships. The way yeah. the kids in the texting have done it for years, either yeah. we like it or not, yeah. it's to react to things, it's to yeah. give things, it's to it's the gratification society, remember, right? So it's like, right. it's the now. And mm. if we are a bit older, mm-hmm. or if we're really young and we don't post so much on Instagram anymore because it's not cool, <laughs> we have to think about that. Yeah. How do we engage people then to understand that if most of the organization is our age as the two of us, then yeah. it's sort of expected that mm. you're going to give that thumbs up. or And if you can't because that disturbs your work, it's yeah. also okay, but then we have to say it out loud, uh, which I think is a mm. great um, overall input uh, from everything that we said. Mm. I think this is a like great input when it comes to that we just need to state how we work together. Super transparent with like, what are the expectations? Because I, I think like Slack is a really good example where, I mean, I've onboarded a lot of people in the last <laughs> year and a half and people relate so different to it. Some will use it as like a live chat. They will always be on. Uh, might not be that great because they need to take some time off sometimes. And then some people will be super strict and like notifications off. And both will, as you say, are fine, but there can be a clash. So like, how do we do things here? And I mean, we try to be clear with it, but I think there's so much more to be said. As you said, like, do you need to push the little heart emoji when someone says something or not? I mean, it's something that you learn with the culture, but it, we can be way more explicit with it. So I think that's a great, yeah. great point. And you know something that came to my head now, if you look at the hiring perspective again of ageism, yeah. it's around the benefits. So oh, yeah. the older I get, the more yeah. money I receive, the more yeah. I think about my time, right? And the yeah. more, hopefully, <laughs> and the yeah. more I think about benefits. Yeah. And it's a great element of employer branding, but of internal narratives on why you believe in certain elements of your benefits uh, packages, yeah. right? So, for example, a great example of like 35-year-olds right now is that loads of them in the heteronormative basic society are having babies, or right. they need to pick up their kids. They want to have time mm. to see their kids growing up. Then our parents mm. actually mm. did it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. 
then we do need to think about when we're in our culture, in our business principles, what do we believe in that people should be online or not, or in the office or not. And that yeah. is something that if I'm a candidate, I know, I don't have the data, but I know mm-hmm. that loads of people would actually care more than maybe even, you know, something else because they're in that life moment that's something really important. Right. So that's just one scenario. But then think of the mm-hmm. other scenarios that are not the mainstream, right? So someone on their 50s that do want to fish a little yeah. bit or <laughs> yeah. someone on their, literally, like I was working now with a, a great 21-year-old, you know, who you are, and, you know, he <laughs> hasn't even gone to school. Yeah. What are the benefits of a 21-year-old yeah. into the workplace to catch you in your hiring for yeah. you to, again, they can get paid playing video games. Yeah. So much more money than what we can afford it. Yeah. But if you yeah. don't take that as a principle to your board meetings and into your leadership discussions, mm. it will not matter. So it's mm. like, and then you mm. just have to be creative. And I think that being creative doesn't mean it's about money. So it is yeah. about, can't you try a four days week? Can't you mm. try like workspaces or tools mm. to just show to people that you're trying? You don't have to go on a PR media looking at companies last week that have done that in Sweden very openly and saying, you Mm. have to be in the office four days a week. You're doing Mm. this because it's a PR move, but why Mm. don't you create a culture that people, they try. And like, we don't know because I don't know if there's going to be a new pandemic hitting us in two months from now. We're going to have to go back to the office. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. And I love that we ended up here because I think like ageism, from my perspective or my initial perspective, it's so much like hiring. But then I think what we showcase here is that it's so much more complex. And I mean, we have been internally at Alva been in so many discussions of like, what's our benefit package? What do we optimize for? Because it's impossible to optimize for all categories of age if we like now stick to that. Because if we have more senior people, they will, most of them maybe focus more on retirement and pension compared to if you have 21-year-olds. And it's, I think, just like funny how uh, the company grows. When I joined, we had lower pension. And now as we're getting older, it's like, let's start increasing the pension. It's evolving with us. No, but I think it's impossible to have a benefit package that you can't have like unlimited vacation and the highest salary and the best pension and the best, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's no way. You're going to have to, you have levers that you can pull and you're going to have to optimize for as many as possible. But we can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's also like places like how, who can you attract? How will that change? Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm just fouling on. But I think it's really, really interesting from this perspective. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that topic as itself, it's a topic that I would love for us to have another chat in the future. Because I think comp and band can be yeah. so squared and boring when I yeah. think it's the most exciting it's topic. It's so exciting. And it's something alive. So it's like. I've seen a job ad this week that they said that they give you a bike. Aww. And I'm like, I haven't thought about this before because a bike doesn't cost a lot of money. A lot of folks really like to have a bike. Yeah, so I you would love to have a bike. <laughs> to like to be sustainable, to have an opinion around yeah. CO2 in the world, right? And isn't that more creative? Isn't that it's there's a voice? So Yes. It's like your ping pong tables and your basic compensation benefits that everyone is copying everyone. They yeah. are so bad. And it's yes. so fun that I'm talking about this company now. And, you know, there's loads of things that financially, we know there's financials behind, right? But again, mm. we can be creative and then coming to the yes. agency perspective, it matters that I would love to yeah. challenge organizations who are listening to this right now to like 
stop their Excel sheets and not just talk yeah. about ageism, but act on ageism and yes. money. As you always say, Linnea, people work for money, but we don't want them to work for the money. And we don't, <laughs> but they still should work for money, right? If that makes yeah. sense. So it's like, we yeah. don't want people to be here because they want to be entitled to say, I got an offer and I, I, I need 10,000 crowns more a month. Yeah. Like if someone tells me, I'm like, I'm sorry. We have a range yeah. and we have structures into how yeah. we, we promote and hire. Yeah. If that's the most important thing to you, go ahead. Yeah. I can try to talk you something or I can try to give you something else. But I think that those kind of things, it's things that I'm not seeing a lot of our HR leaders discussing. They just discuss mm. the isms, as Thomas yeah. said, as yeah. a concept yeah. without talking about the business. And the business is how much you're growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going back to employer branding as well as you spoke about before, I mean, if you can tie in that you're a sustainable company by also getting all your new employees a bike so that they can choose a sustainable option to get to work. I mean, it goes all the way from like, we talk a lot about sustainability, but this company actually acts on it. I mean, it's a really, really smart way to get everything aligned. Uh, I'm going to go bike shopping right now. But Leo, another part of the tech scene to kind of go back to that question that Linnea asked, HR tech as such. I mean, now we spoke a lot about like what you can do once you're actually employed. But during the selection process, what are your views on some of the new HR tech? I mean, in terms of being able to apply anonymously or being able to do all of these things that you can now do quite easily. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's enough to kind of help us battle ageism? It's a good start. I think that there are elements in technology that it's just a good starters. So when you are a product-led organization, you believe in your product strategy to drive growth, right? Mm. A product strategy or product roadmap is just a framework to begin a dialogue. It's not what's going to happen. If you are um, a a sales or marketing-led organization, you believe in your distribution model, how do you do brands, how do you do content. All of that doesn't mean it's going to grow, but all of that will generate dialogues. Then if I look at your HR, like your people strategy, when you have one, you should start by something. So you should mm. enable it. So I, do mm. th- I don't believe you scale a business by doing one-on-ones. <laughs> mm. I believe that you have to have a, a people stack, an HR tech. So that means that you decide, right, which kind of technologies you have, and then you try. Mm. So it's like every organization is different. So for some organizations having an onboarding platform makes sense or even in the assessment perspective where we're talking yeah. about maybe makes sense to i'm even going to challenge you guys for some organizations maybe not having a psychometrics makes sense yeah that's what they think it doesn't make sense mm. do you see and mm-hmm. then if you truly then evaluate and assess their process you're actually gonna see this is not a, a, a paid post that having a psychometric <laughs> solution it's really important yeah. but it's not mm. important just to tell you that you have a partnership, that you are having a conscious bias, it's important when you fire people. I know that mm. Linnea wrote about this, a brilliant the post this week about laying off. It's important that when then you're hiring, you look at candidates and you're fair into their assessments regarding of the isms that they have. And then in the ageism perspective, you understand what is the potential that they may have, what is the performance they have shown in the process, and they can be 21, never went to school, or they can be might as well my dad, who now has a lot of time, who wants to do a new gig and support an mm. organization just by, I don't know, fishing. Mm. Or, you know. Mm. I mean? So I think that technology is, for me, an, a way that HR should learn how to drive a conversation 
and then try and fail. I mean, I'm sorry, HR leaders. Mm. It's like, we need to fail. We need to be comfortable with truly saying I'm fucked up. Sorry. But like, mm. I yeah. did not do a good layoff. That hire was not great. Last yeah. month, our budget did not do well. Because that's what sales gurus do. That's what good marketers do. That's what good product leaders do. And they don't take blame for themselves. They just say, that's what I've learned. Mm. Let's go and try something new. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think that's a really important like way of working. But then if I understand you correctly, then like using tech in a good way can be like a starting point and it can be helpful. But it, uh, as I read it, it's also about like going back to like, why do we do it? What's the like purpose of it and how will it actually create a difference for us? And beginning dialogues, right? So yeah. it's also to me the perspective of like, okay, we've implemented a psychometric solution. Right? Mm. I swear to God, they didn't pay me. And I, <laughs> but it's like, okay, we did it. We did it. Did we do it because everybody's doing it? Or did yeah. we do it because that's increasing the time to hire or the quality of hire? Yeah. And I know that we can measure that. And we yeah. might as well then decide if it's the right tool, if it's an arm tool, or we might decide to cut a part of the process. Like, why do people need to code? Like, why did I spend six hours doing a case for a certain organization out there who mm. talks about they're so diverse, but then they gave me six hours to do this really strategic case, and then they told me that I'm too senior for a role, but the case was really strategic. Technology should support though, and maybe give you insights into those things, right? Like, time mm. is money. Can I just jump on this? Because I think this is like a really interesting topic around this fact that like you're I doubt that people will question like you're too junior for a hire like I would want to question that more but I think like what's really interesting is when someone says that you're too senior for a hire it is as its finest because what is you're too good for what we like why do we so often end up there that we reject great candidates because they're too senior for the role what's your take so I am too senior for roles. What does it mean to me is you don't know, you don't have a leadership culture that you're truly developing your leaders. So I'm here, mm. you're saying that you are an insecure leader. As you said, Linnea, uh, yeah. if I hire, you know, like, let's say I'm going to hire a product designer, right? Yeah. It's a role that's very important these days. Yeah. I hire a product designer. They decide to apply. They have 10 years of experience. That they know the average pay of their role. Right. It's fair. Yeah. They, they, they want to do it. Yeah. I, they do a process. Then my manager looks at me and say, but they are going to be too bored here or they're too senior for mm. this. To me, that says that you are not hiring for potential. You're yeah. not hiring for context and adaptability yeah. because that person is taking and being willing and humbling yeah. enough to join your problem space, your yeah. culture. It helps you, leader, who thinks they're so great into your requirements, learn with you. Mm -hmm. And that is a great hire for potential, truly. Because really, I mean, who knew that we had to lay off so many people this year? Who knows how next year we're going to have to be efficient? So if we can hire someone who has so much skill sets, even though they're too senior, isn't that a beautiful dream? It's like, yeah. then why do you have three juniors if you have to yeah. cut budget? Take that person. We know, Linnea also said something which is great last week. We know that I think 5% of the workforce represents a lot of the business outcome that we do, right? Yeah. Find them. <laughs> like scream at them and like take them with you. Because in the end of the day, those five, I want to say 
those 10% of people are the people that are driving a business and are the ones that are supporting your culture, are the ones that are enabling your organization. And a lot of those people even have something in common. It's their natural drive. It's right. their perspective of like, I've adapted myself. Okay, I have two things I want to say. First, the numbers that you refer to is that the 5% of your workforce stands for 26% of your output. Mind blown. Second, mic drop on that response, Leo. I think that's uh, really, really good. No more, you're too senior for this position. Just be freaking happy that they want to work for you. Give them the job and focus into creating a space that you can actually nurture growth instead of being obsessed with your own bias and ghost therapy. Like your own (laughs) perception. Right, like they will take my job. They will be too bored. Yeah. Someone told me that I would be too bored in a job. Yes, I get bored in jobs very easily. Mm. It's your role as a leader then to channel me, take the right. best of me, and that's not just me. It is with your juniors. And if you're not doing that, your juniors will leave you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another mic drop. Yep. Love this. It's time to wrap up. But thank you so much, Leo, for joining us and for dropping some proper to. <laughs> It's time to wrap up. Thank you, Leo, so much for joining us today and for dropping some real truth bombs. I think this has been a super interesting episode on ageism here at How We Hire. Milenia will release the next episode in two weeks. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. 